everybody. Welcome back to the Caffeine Until Cocktails podcast. Today, I have the one and only Michelle Searles from Rindleman Orchards. Michelle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Michelle Searles. I'm with Rindleman Orchards, which is located in Alto Pass, Illinois. And we're a multi-generational 150-year-old farm. Which I obviously didn't even know really existed. Obviously, Michelle, you know, I wasn't living here full time. Um, and I feel like you really got on the radar in 2020 in my radar when you slid into my DMs when I was talking <laughs> about applesauce and what a terrible mother I was for feeding my child sugared down applesauce. But like you said, you <laughs> slid into my DMs and then you slid into my driveway by dropping off a case of your applesauce which for everyone listening is sugar-free, like the most best organic applesauce you can get on the market. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I saw on your stories that you had a little boy and I didn't know, I didn't know your mom. And so I saw that you were getting your applesauce on Amazon. <laughs> And I thought, well, that can't happen. She's right here in Southern Illinois, which is apple country. And we make three different kinds of applesauce. And I knew that um, if you were aware that some of the local orchards made it, you'd be all about it. And especially if it was a no sugar added, um, since you support so many of the local Southern Illinois businesses. Yes. And you know, you know that about me. Um, okay. This is my one question. How did you like find out about caffeine until cocktails? You know, I just guess I must've gotten, um, I must've probably gotten to your page maybe cause I follow higher level and I follow okay. your mom. So maybe okay. just mutual accounts. And so yeah. I started following you because I have daughters your age. Yeah. And so Michelle, I mean, I'm just trying to think, I think you also slid into my DMs again, being like, can you give a tour of my farm? Because we can't have customers and I just want to show off the farm. And I'm like, well, what else are we going to do in 2020? But yeah. it actually has blossomed into a great friendship because I value you as a friend and a mom and a working mom. So thank Likewise. you for sliding into my DMs. Likewise. Yeah. It's been so fun to get to know you and I really love um, I really love following all different generations and seeing what they're into. And I love to see what uh, you're into and your friends and your followers and what you guys look for from brands and companies when you purchase what's important to you. And it's just fun to work with another Southern Illinois business and I like to collaborate. So it's a win-win. Yeah. We're all on the same team. So yeah. Michelle, what initially brought you to Southern Illinois? Well, I'm from St. Louis originally, and I went to SIU for graphic design school and graduated with a degree in visual communications and met my husband, Wayne, who is the fifth generation of Rendleman Orchards. And we met our very last semester and ended up getting married. I moved to the farm and started my career in Southern Illinois. Were you like in culture shock when you moved to the farm? <laughs> yes, I was, I'll admit, because even though I went to school here, um, 
I knew everything <laughs> that was offered for students, but I really didn't um, know what was offered for a young professional, a young married wife, a young mother. And so exploring beyond Carbondale was new to me and especially trying to get started in graphic design in Southern Illinois before the internet and right when computer graphics was starting. So it was a little bit more challenging uh, back then. Uh, yeah, so what was your first job here? Well, I started here at the Southern Illinoisan mm -hmm. and I was a graphic designer and they put me in the marketing department. <laughs> that's, that's your favorite. <laughs> Yes. And that started the trend of about every place that I've worked since then. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked for an outdoor company, an apparel company, and every place that I worked, I was always asked to work in the marketing department and help with both design and marketing. So it must be something <laughs> that is in my blood and uh, part of my nature, I guess. I love that. Okay, so mommy blog station. When did how old? How old are your girls? Share your little blurb about how proud of a mom you are. Are you back? <laughs> I'm back. I don't know what happened, but it's all good. I, I can't edit that part out. <laughs> Our two minute break. Did you yeah. hear my question? What was your last question? I said, being a mommy blog, I need you to tell us about your little princesses, your pride and joys, you know, all the stuff that we brag about to our friends. Yes. Well, uh, Wayne and I have two girls and they're both grown. So I'm an empty nester. And uh, Hillary, our oldest, lives in Minnesota and she works for an ag company there. And our youngest just moved back, Audrey. She and her fiance moved back to the farm into a, another house we have here. And we're thrilled that at least one is back in Southern Illinois and she does nursing. Yes, she, I love that she's nursing. Is she doing travel nursing? Did I make that up? Yes, she okay. just started doing That's the travel nursing. Good yep. for her. Good yeah. for her. Um, so she, her more than anyone has joined a profession in a time when she probably shouldn't have. Yes, it's it's definitely <laughs> challenging uh, getting right out of nursing school and the year you start nursing, floor nursing, you're thrown into a pandemic. Yeah, no, I would 10 out of 10 would not recommend that, but a lot of people didn't have a choice. So what was your last job before you came to the farm? I worked at SIH and I was... Know that? Yes, I was, okay. I was working at SIH for a couple years in the corporate office and I worked for the foundation and I did, okay. uh, I did their events, special events, um, which really ultimately markets the foundation's work and what they're doing and what they're raising money for and yeah. uh, bringing people together for the same cause. I really thought you were going to say Silkworm and now I'm like, well, you worked at Silkworm too. Yep, that was just before that. And I actually, that's probably my longest place that uh, I have worked here in Southern Illinois and ended up doing a lot of marketing for that company as well. 
did you is that where you met my mom was yes. silkworm okay yes okay. we used uh some temporary help there and folding shirts and so I got to know your mom and her team and that business yeah. so and I mean I know they literally my mom has ordered from them forever yeah literally forever she tried to outsource something one time and she was like they aren't silkworm they don't do it how I like <laughs> yeah, they get spoiled yeah. with that customer service she's very spoiled and she knows what she likes so she just continues on her way yeah you go girl you do you so <laughs> that's awesome was raising the girls at the farm like a did you love it or were you like, I need to get them out to the city life or because I mean, you were raised totally different than Wayne, I'm assuming. Yes, I was. Um, the good thing is both of our families had the same values yeah. about raising a family and, um, mm -hmm. you know, spending as much time as we could with them and um, just raising them to spend time around extended family. So that was really the benefit of being on the farm and raising our kids is that I could spend a lot of time with them. I worked part time for 13 years at the various jobs that I've had. And then the other great thing was they could go when I was off. Uh, we could go up to the farm all the time. They could be involved in the business. They could mm -hmm. help out. They could learn all about their heritage, um, their family, and also gain a work ethic, see their dad mm -hmm. throughout the day, especially when you're in those harvest months. And uh, the family who is working the farm is working seven days a week. They could still spend time with their grandparents, but actually learn from them at the same time, which is a pretty unique opportunity, I think. I think, I mean, I've shared this with you, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my great parents, I grew up on a farm, not to your level by any means, but it was a farm and a farm is just, it's just a lot of different stuff that you learn and experience and see. But I will say a lot of my friends are like, excuse me, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm sure your girls share stories yeah. and they're like, and their friends are like, what? You know, and the canning and like you talk about stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, my whole childhood was watching my great grandma can everything and you didn't waste anything. Like literally you do not waste anything in that family. And I'm like, I throw something away. I'm like, oh, my God, my grandma is like turning over in her grave thinking about like how wasteful I am and stuff. And I'm actually looking at a picture of my grandma. It's in my kitchen. I love this picture because she's barefoot in her front yard in a dress, holding eggs in her hands. Oh, I love it. And my grandpa's in his overall sitting in a chair and they're just in the front yard of their house. And it always, we used to hang out there all the time. And so it always reminds me of the original Rindleman house because that's where everyone goes and sits. It's such a like welcoming area and it's like a very centrally focused, this is where we all come together. Um, yeah. And I think that's what's so cool about your farm is that it does bring generations of old and young and it's like a common theme that they can all kind of like get together with if that makes sense yes and honestly the the big old farmhouse that is still standing and still in use from 1873 is 
still the heart of our farm. And you're right, it seems to draw people in because our customers, even after Wayne's grandmother passed away, um, we started using the house as office space and people are still drawn to that yard and want to mm -hmm. sit in those picnic tables. And so, you know, we've always allowed that. And in fact, we are now encouraging that we're adding new picnic tables and comfortable mm -hmm. seating all the time. So, so Michelle, when you decided to go work for the farm, when was that? This will be my eighth season. So that was 2014. Okay. So I'm starting my eighth season. So I came to the farm with a, a little, almost 25 years of experience mm -hmm. elsewhere in other small businesses in St. Louis and Southern Illinois. And what was the goal of bringing you into work there? Well, um, at that time, our last daughter went away to college and Wayne and I realized it would be really nice since we are empty nesters to be on the same exact schedule mm -hmm. so that when one of us is in our slower work times, work months, we could go do things together, go see yeah. our daughters together and um, him and I spend more time together. So when we were raising kids, it was beneficial to have opposite busy times. So one of us could always be with the kids, but um, when, when we were empty nesters, we wanted to spend more time with each other and we're getting a lot more time, <laughs> getting all kinds of time together now. <laughs> also at that time, um, Wayne's parents were in their early seventies and they were, uh, had earned the right Their time. to slow down and, and eventually retire and enjoy life and spend the time that they want to at the farm and just be able to do some of their own things. Are they like officially retired? Or I mean, they'll never be retired. And my mom, <laughs> I know my mom will never retire. So are they a retired or are they just in the well, background retired? Um, yes, Wayne's mom is more, I would say, officially retired. She's enjoying some of the hobbies and interests that she's yeah. never been able to do all these years. Yeah. So she does garden club at Union County and does some volunteer work in the region. And Wayne's dad is <laughs> semi-retired, but he is still a huge um, consultant, I would say, for Wayne. He, whenever he's he a needs. resource. <laughs> yes, a huge resource for Wayne to ask questions. And yeah. Rin reads a tremendous amount still in the industry um, trade magazines and online. Yeah. And then he also does every kind of errand for parts and equipment for Wayne because he's so familiar with our vendors yeah. and how things should be fabricated, etc. So um, that's an extreme valuable resource for Wayne to be able to call upon. So he'll I... probably always do something uh, oh, yeah. to help the farm. I mean, it's one of those things he he's he knows it like the back of his hand. So, yeah, I'm sure he knows something going on that maybe Wayne doesn't or hasn't caught on yet. And yes. th that is a resource you that's invaluable. There's no denying that by any means. For sure. He's an extra set of eyes. He rides this side by side around in the orchards a lot and he's able to tip Wayne off if he thinks 
a certain orchard needs some kind of maintenance attention or if he thinks he might want to consider harvesting a certain variety next because it's ripening sooner than than what Wayne realized, you know, so it's always nice to have that extra set of eyes. And in fact, Wayne told me this morning, he was calling upon his dad for some help with human resource because um, one of our team members needs some help. And he worked for Wayne's dad for 40 years and Wayne's dad knows our team and knows their needs and knows uh, how to help them in our region and the resources available in Southern Illinois. So you just can't hire that kind of help sometimes. No, no. He has how many years of experience under his belt? That doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> right, exactly. And for those that don't know Wayne, which most people don't because Wayne doesn't really want to be known. <laughs> <laughs> He's a behind the scenes guy. He's my favorite person ever. <laughs> And Wayne and I are friends and I miss him, but Wayne is seriously like the funniest person, but he, he means business. He's here to run a business and he's, he's on it and I love it. He's much, he's much more into the uh, production side of the farm and he just has that kind of personality that everybody seems to like Wayne and uh, he's very even keeled. And so it's great. That's a great quality to have for the ups and downs of farming and weather. And um, also I think it's really great for his team to have that strength and stability that they know they can always uh, count on him, but he really enjoys people that visit the farm like yourself that have an extreme interest in what our industry does how we do it and how that plays into southern illinois well i think that you know knowing our region is huge knowing that we provide such a service to our region and not just our region northern illinois i mean you guys ship all over and i think if people don't recognize that they don't realize the value that is sitting right here in Southern Illinois. Um, and I, I can appreciate all that you guys do to keep that momentum going and working with other organizations to make sure people do know you're on the radar and do know you're here. Um, you know, this Michelle wrote this question. Of social, I think that's social, been the ahead. benefit of social media and, and, uh highlighting uh on social media what we do and so yeah the wholesale side of our business is about 25 or sorry about 75 percent is wholesale and 25 percent retail but most of our visitors don't really realize the scope of the wholesale side (laughs) so we do ship in our own refrigerated trucks um what we raise here on the farm within an eight hour driving distance so we serve the midwest and we ship a lot to the chicago area and to the st louis area and beyond some in uh iowa or milwaukee or indiana so uh kentucky missouri so um yeah we we ship a lot out of southern illinois which brings a lot of revenue back to our region to employ people, to spend on 
lumber to spend mm -hmm. on hardware, chemicals, everything that a farm possibly uses, equipment, you know, mm -hmm. that, that revenue just circulates back into the economy here in Southern Illinois that we're bringing back from those other states. Yeah. And, you know, that's the case with <laughs> most farms. But I mean, even for me, the first time you brought me there and you told me all this, I was like, huh? I mm -hmm. thought you guys just had like some apples or peaches. Like I thought that's all we were doing here. So to find that out and be able to share that story and even for you to continue to share the story of <clears throat> all the stuff you do provide and all the resources and benefits and seeing like your employees. I love that. So I think that is, I'm, I'm here for it. So Wayne and I just bond every time we see each other. Yes. And he, he really values, he's learned to value the importance of what you do, which is to my commercials. People, yes. Your many commercials, your stories and informing the public through social yeah. media on what we do and how far that reach can be. And course we started selling retail online back in 2018 so social media is a huge part of that we don't mm -hmm. have to be just a regional farm market we're a national farm market i was seeing orders come in from north carolina last night so it's fun to see That's how much awesome. we're able to expand so i know this is michelle's question because i'm not politically correct some days <laughs> <laughs> but um so with all the things that you've done it brings changes obviously um yeah. when you transition any type of leadership how have you implemented that change like within your business with like the longevity but stay mm -hmm. true to the roots of you know the Rendleman family and the farm well uh when i joined the farm we actually hired a generation transition consultant Oh, didn't and know that was a thing. I, I didn't either, but I knew we needed help. And <laughs> I knew it was going to be hard to transition such an old business and also to transition from one generation to the next, especially when both generations still live together. And um, work together. <laughs> and work together. And that, that doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you go out and buy a business and the next day it's yours or on the closing date, you know, we all still live here and own the business together and work in it together. And so the generation transition consultant helped us make that happen in what they call a passing of a series of batons <laughs> over a certain number of years, which ultimately provides the stability your business needs and it also provides the security that our employees and our region needs from yeah. us so i felt like that was just taking a precautionary method you know not just for us but for our team members and the local businesses that depend upon us and just help helps a little bit to um, facilitate that. And then um, they also helped us with the change. And I really underestimated how much change any person coming in with 20 plus 25 plus years of experience, I really underestimated 
how much change that really is to like Wayne and his parents, the three of them had worked together for 30 years. And then you bring anybody in from the outside that's going to have some say so in, in direction. And I just kept from my point of view, kept thinking, oh, we'll just add this or add that. And to me, in my mind, things are little, but it actually creates a ripple effect of change in your business. And, um, you know, I feel like our business has changed a lot in a short period of time to meet the needs of what our consumers want from us. And we, you know, we used to not even be open to the public. And now that's a huge part of our retail business is the on-farm experience. So change is hard. Even when change is good, change is still hard. I talked about that in my social media class. I mean, change is not going to be easy no matter what. And even like, I know if I went and worked for my mom, oh my God, that would be a whole thing. So in her and I, I mean, there's not much to change probably. So I'm sure for you to come in and, you know, you're from the marketing and graphic design world. So it's a totally different mindset and meeting of the minds too, where you're beautiful sunshine and rainbows and they're like, we're working, we're on a farm. And I, yeah. and I see that because I would be you. I'd be like, come on, let's make it pretty. Everybody else would be like, shut up, Jessica. We're not doing that. <laughs> yes. And honestly, it wasn't really a huge direction that we had talked about yeah. um, before that. And, you know, we always felt like we were limited in offering an on-farm experience because of our region being so rural. And we also... Uh, wonderfully under, underestimated that. We we just didn't realize that we would gain the kind of support that we have locally. And it's been wonderful for us. It's been eye-opening. And the more social media, the more online sales, just the more endless opportunities you can do on the farm, but also ship pieces of the farm off. Uh, yeah, to, the, to people. Yeah, people in all the states. When you first presented the Zinnia floral flower field to Wayne, what was his reaction? Because <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall. Well, uh, the first was the sunflowers, and it literally took him years to plant because, he, you know, his response, and he kept saying, hey, I'm trying to farm here. I can't do that. You know, I'm running a farm here. And so, you know, Flowers, you pick flowers was not really uh, a thing in this area in Southern uh -huh. Illinois. I saw it was on the coast and maybe in some uh, farms around metropolitan cities, but you pick flowers was not a thing down here. So couldn't really wrap his head around that until, yeah. until we did it and he saw what was happening. And I think the funniest reaction from him was the very first weekend we were open with the sunflowers he came in the market and it was jam-packed and he said why are so many pretty people here <laughs> and he didn't realize that they were coming to get pictures so everybody was getting dressed up before they came and yeah wearing, wearing makeup and fall hats and 
fall sweaters and fall dresses. So uh, we just really didn't realize that people were posting photos on social media from here. God, I love him. Why are so many pretty people here? Because well, normally over the decades when people would come to the farm, they were really running out to get fruit so they could go home and can and cook yeah. and bake. And so, um, you know, <laughs> that was more of a quick Saturday errand. Yeah. And so, you know, you've made this, I mean, an experience and you've extended this longevity, I would say, of the season of your experiences, you know, mm -hmm. by adding, you know, the sunflowers, the zinnias, pumpkins, you've kept the seasons going. And I think yeah. that's really impressive. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's really um, expanded what we're offering. And honestly, people being in the flowers has actually helped their interest in the fruit because mm -hmm. they're out actually walking on the farm and they can see the trees or they can see tractors with wagon loads of fruit yeah. going by and they ask questions in the market. And we're able to tell them our story in person and what we do. And most of them are really pretty surprised. Um, and also it helps them when they come out and they see the chickens, for example, it connects them to farm life in general, which mm -hmm. a lot of the younger generation just doesn't have anymore. No, no, not at all. Um, I mean... My, like I said, my friends, I tell them, I'm sure your daughters tell their friends stuff and they're like, excuse me, what are you doing? Like, what's yes. going on? I mean, you share like when you were out in the dead of winter hiking the farm with Wayne and I'm like, no, turn around. That looks awful. It's too cold. What is he doing to you? And I mean, that's truly, but to him, that's like another day in life. That's his job. Yeah, he doesn't really notice uh, the cold. He likes the cold months. And to him, that is really a relaxing thing is to get out on the farm when yeah. he's not in season and he's out there uh, on a weekend just to purely enjoy the beauty and the terrain of Southern Illinois and the rolling hills here south of Murfreesboro and you know, the bluffs and all it's, of that. It's gorgeous. Lines. Yeah. So I want you to share a little bit because I don't think a lot of people know about the research that Wayne is involved in. Um, like the baby trees that you guys plant in to see oh, yeah. like which ones do well. Um, yeah. I had no idea until you shared that with me. Um, and then basically like if it does well, he gets dibs on it, right? Like to plant. Yeah, right. so he is, he pays for a membership in the Midwest Apple Association, and he has agreed to raise uh, multiple new varieties that aren't even out on the market yet. So how that works is you are given the trees, but you are required, <laughs> your part of it as the farmer is to plant and raise the trees, take care of the trees, maintain them, harvest them, and then eat the fruit and document color, crispness, flavor, juiciness, 
um, popularity. He will have all of us eating them on the farm and asking our opinion and we'll grade them. And then his job is to provide that data back to the Midwest Apple Association so that they can determine what apple varieties can grow best in our growing zone and what trees and apple varieties they should begin to graft and produce and sell commercially. And if they do develop one of those uh, apple varieties for our region and they start selling trees, then a benefit of being part of the program is that you get first choice in purchasing those trees. And, um, you know, there's a limited number sometimes when they're first coming out with new varieties. And, you know, just like Honeycrisp, for example, people have gone wild over Honeycrisp. We are on a two-year waiting list to get Honeycrisp trees. So it's nice if you have first dibs on some of these new varieties to get the trees right away and get them planted because you won't be harvesting them for probably about four years and able to sell that. So you want to always be the first to get those new varieties to market in your region. Yeah. I, when you told me that, I was like, wow, Wayne is like a little mad scientist over there with his little trees. <laughs> well, and I think that's what's so cool. It, the science behind the trees and the weather and the snow and the ice and all of it blows yes. my mind. And, and I farming. think that, yeah, people don't get the, all that goes into it. And you I know, think that's so impressive. Until I married into the family, I did not realize how much science farmers actually take if they go for an advanced degree in like Wayne has a horticulture degree, an ag business minor, chemistry minor, and he's certified in pest management. And so, yeah, you have to know a lot about a um, lot <laughs> science and engineering, fixing things on the farm. And so, yeah, he, he loves to, he's very academically focused. So he really loves to also be part of research trials, test plots, you know, for cover crops or fertilizer or weed control. And so he does do that with the universities in our state. He does it with U of I Extension. Um, he's kept up most of his relationships with his former professors at the SIU College of Ag, and they still consult with him. He just had him out this year to help him figure out the <laughs> new fertilizers he wants to use on the peach trees to get better production. So there, yeah, there's a lot of science behind it, and he sees a lot of value in investing time in the research and, and helping some of the universities and professors, because in the end, it helps you too. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, all right. Outside of, you know, you've got your farm store, you've got the farm. Tell me a little bit about the food bank project, because I don't think I know a little bit, but it's, I don't know probably the full extent either. Well, so every farm in, in America or in the world has certain product that does not meet the grade to sell in the grocery store. And 
then you have a utility grade or a number two grade of produce that you cannot get top dollar for. And sometimes you can't even sell all of that. And so the Illinois Farm Bureau and U of I Extension and Feeding Illinois is trying to, and Senator Dale Fowler's office is trying to get the state of Illinois a program to help feed the hungry and then also eliminate food waste on farms. And that's wonderful for um, people that need the help and they can go to their local food pantries. Um, but it's also wonderful for all farmers because it helps you, you may not make any money on that, but it helps you recoup the cost you have into that produce. Farmers mm. have a lot of expense into the produce they can't sell to the grocery stores. And so Illinois is trying to come up with a model for a farmer to food bank program. Yeah. And Kentucky and Ohio have a very successful state program. And of course, it helps everyone in their state, the hungry that need the food and need healthy food and access to healthy yes. food. And then it helps their farmers become sustainable farms by re recouping cost instead of having food waste. So it, it's a win-win. and a full-blown circle. Yes. It's, it and, all works together. Yes. And when Wayne and I heard about that, we really wanted to be on the forefront of that project. And um, we wanted to be um, in on that. And we were actually approached to be the pilot farm. So That's they awesome. had one farm that they wanted to work through all of the process of purchasing, of logistics, of getting that product packed, getting that product to the food hubs and food banks. At first it has to go to the food hubs, then the food banks, then the food pantries. There's a lot of logistics behind that. And so uh, what we are in right now is the data collection phase, okay. but it's also, we're able to actually help by getting the product to the local food hubs and to the Feeding Illinois food banks up in Chicago and to the St. Louis area food banks that serve the um, metro east side of Illinois. So people are already getting the produce. And so that's wonderful. We're helping the need there. And then we're also recouping some of the cost that our farm has into that produce. And then we're also helping the University of Illinois um, collect all the data because we'll have to do this for two or three or more years to have enough data to present this to the state of Illinois and get this passed as a state program and get it funded as a state program and prove that it's a win-win for the state for the people of the state of Illinois yeah. and for farmers and, and create sustainable farms in our state. So it's been exciting. And then other farms have joined in and we're working with them and facilitating that as we move forward with the entities of Feeding Illinois and 
uh, University of Illinois and Farm Bureau. Yeah, I'm so. like, I didn't even know that all of that like played into it. I just thought you guys gave food. So I'm glad no. I asked. I was like, oh, oh, no, it's a whole <laughs> process. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. And it's, well, it's I think it's amazing. Short term, it's very short term grant funded right now, mm -hmm. but eventually we want to make it a state funded program because it would be the best for everyone involved. Well, yeah. I mean, my, I mean, my understanding is it would kind of be part of the WIC food stamps program, even where you could get that type of food versus. Correct. But yeah. this would actually be even better because um, a lot of times at food pantries and food hubs, they don't have healthy food. No, no. That's accessible. I get told, no. So this I get told it's like chips and soda. And I'm like, what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so now, you know, people that are going to the food pantry, they have the same access to healthy food as you or I. And also um, it helps. What it's really helping also is preventative health care <laughs> for our state. A hundred percent. I mean, when yeah. we're eating like shit, our health <laughs> is shit. And I will say it. It's my podcast. I can say that. Um, <laughs> but when we're fueling our bodies with good food... Hopefully, in turn, that's going to have better health outcomes for the people of Southern Illinois. Right. And all of the hospitals, <coughs> all of the hospitals in the state of Illinois that are get any kind of state federal funding, they are required to do studies as well of the people they serve and the most common diseases. And then they also have to prevent what is their hospital organization going to do to meet those needs of those um, patients? And how are they going to offer preventative care for them? And mm -hmm. so this could also be part of preventative health care. And, you know, they always call farms pharmacies f-a-r-m-a-c-y so this but it's program, true yeah this program really is a healthy food pharmacy providing the prescription of healthy fruits and vegetables yeah. well you know I, that's like a whole nother podcast for me i'm like a soapbox on that so <laughs> yeah. um we'll wrap it up i want to know when does season start for you are you still on vacation or no <laughs> no, no, there is really no off season anymore, but we do have slower months, but I can feel that we're out of the slower months. Once we hit bloom, we're really realizing it's go time and I'm placing <laughs> a lot of orders, finalizing a lot of the events and things that I have coming up. And so we will open our farm market the last weekend of June. We'll open with fresh peaches. Yay! And we'll stay open for four months all the way until Halloween. So we'll go from, we'll have peaches, nectarines, apples, and then we'll have you pick flowers and you pick pumpkins and the on-farm experience. So late June to October. And we're updating our website all the time to get all of that information up there and post. And are you doing it. chickens and goats? Yes. Will all of my animals be back? Okay, cool. Yes, all the little animals will be back. And we have a couple of surprises of new things in store this season that we'll announce closer to time and yes 
tying up all the loose ends and, and getting ready. Are you going to sell toys again? Do I need to bring my checkbook since my child knows that yes. there'll be toys? Great. Toys, Great. And there's a whole bunch of new adorable plush items since <laughs> love stuffed animals. Yeah. No, my kid knows what color tractors you have and which ones <laughs> he has. Yes, so. he does. We collected all three last season. So exactly. Exactly. So make my money. Connecting the kids to the farm is one of our biggest goals. They're our future customers. So we want them to love it here. It's true. It really is. And I love the experience of taking, you know, I keep harping on you getting me some wine, but I'll settle for my peach smoothies and the food trucks and everything. But it is fun for Elliot to go out and get to do all of that. So I think yes. for it to be a very like the experience to bring your kids, you get to enjoy it all of it. It's a very multi-generational experience. So yeah. And we, we appreciate all the support from you and all of Southern Illinois that comes out and spends your time here and wants to learn about our farm and wants to take product home and produce. We really, really appreciate that. Well, thank you. We thank appreciate you. you. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I'm looking forward to collaborating with you more this season. Yes, yes, yes. Have a good night, everybody. Okay.